0: Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Hello and welcome to the Gateway Church Cymru podcast. My name's Luke Morgan and I'm the pastor at Gateway Church Cymru and I just want to say thank you for listening in to today's podcast. And the, Today I'm just going to continue a series that we've been going through on a Sunday morning as a church called Building People. And in this message I'm going to continue talking about enemies of the altar. You can listen to previous messages in this series uh, through our website or through Apple Podcasts. Uh, but in the last message I, I said that it is God's desire for each and every one of us to grow in our relationship with him. And he has provided a way for us to do that and he has provided the altar as the place where that happens. At the altar, it is the place where we read the Bible. It is the place where that quiet time, that quiet place where we spend time in God's word and where we pray and seek God's face and hear God speak to us. However, the Bible tells us that that we also have an enemy. His name is Satan. He is the devil. And his primary motive is to stop us as Christians from having a relationship with the Lord. He'll do anything he can to stop us from growing in our relationship with Jesus. And today I just want to talk about the second tool that the enemy uses to stop every single believer from going to the altar and growing in our relationship with God. And I want to show us from God's word how we can overcome this tactic of the enemy. So wherever you are, if you've got your Bible, can you please turn to John chapter 10 and verse 10. And I'm going to read it out. And it says, the thief has come to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come so that you might have life and life more abundantly. You know, those are the words of Jesus. He says that he has come to give us life and life more abundantly. But there he's telling us about some of the tactics of Satan. Satan is known as a thief. And he wants to steal from our lives. As as we looked at last time, he wants to steal our focus. He wants to kill something within our lives. And he wants to destroy something within us as well. Last year, my wife and I, Chloe, we we went to Disney in Florida on holidays. And it's actually the third time that we've been there uh, in a row. Third time in a row that we've been to Disney over these last couple of years. And and we love it there. And especially my wife, Chloe, she, she absolutely loves Disney because... She's a bit of an adrenaline junkie. She likes the fast rides like rock and roller coaster, Space Mountain, and one of her favorites in particular is Tower of Terror. However, I- I'm not really a fan of rides that-, that go faster than five miles an hour. You'll often find me sitting on a bench holding Chloe's bag and you know, usually people watching or eating something. you know, that's usually where you'll find me in these theme parks. But I do enjoy the old people rides, as as Chloe likes to call them. And one of my favourite old people rides in Florida and Disney is called the Carousel of Progress. And it's this rotating stage show with, with robots in it. And this show has been in Disney since 1967. And the carousel, it takes you on a simulated ride. It's a time travel experience. And they've got these animatronic characters from different periods over the 20th century and they each describe how technology has improved their lives and one of the main features of of the ride is a song called there's a great big beautiful tomorrow and this song gets repeated over and over throughout the experience you know this song it, it talks about this big beautiful tomorrow which shines at the end of every day in other words, is this this tomorrow, which is better than today, according to this song? This this great big beautiful tomorrow, is actually only a dream away. You know, I've I've probably heard that song a hundred times now, but that song inspires me. The reason it inspires me is because it's all about the power that dreams have to shape our lives, to influence who we are and what we become. You know, I believe that. Having hope and dreams for the future is essential to living a life with purpose. You know, it's so encouraging to to hope and dream for a better day. I know how amazing it is to see those hopes and dreams, especially the ones that God births within our hearts, come to pass. It's incredible to see that happen. However, I also know what it's like to carry the disappointment and hurt of having your hope and that dream slowly wither uh, over time and... Have that feeling that there's nothing you can do to stop it from dying. And this is the second tool that the enemy uses within every single one of our lives as Christians. The second thing that the enemy wants to do to stop us from growing in our relationship with the Lord, with Jesus, is to kill. Now you might be wondering, what on earth does he want to kill? Is, is there a man hunt after me? You know, is, Has he sent people to, to physically kill me? What is he trying to kill? I believe that the, the second thing that the enemy wants to do is to kill something within our lives, to kill something within our spirits, and he wants to kill our hope. That's what the enemy wants to kill, our hope. You know, biblical hope is, is different to hope in the natural, hope in this world. It's been described by this pastor called Ron Enget. He says that biblical hope is, is not just a desire for something good in the future, but rather biblical hope is a confident expectation that what we desire and what we have been promised will surely come to pass so in other words biblical hope is is different to the hope of this world you know the hope of this world would say you know maybe this good thing will happen in my life or maybe there's a better day ahead but biblical hope is rooted in the f- faithful god it is rooted in the god in whom we can trust and it is this confident expectation that whatever God has laid within our hearts, what God has laid within our lives, and, and in particular what he's spoken to us through his word, it will come to pass. There's this confident expectation. Now you might wonder, how does Satan actually kill this hope within our lives? How does he kill our hope? Well, he's got a weapon to kill our hope. And his main weapon to kill our hope is discouragement. And that is the second enemy of the altar the second thing that can stop us from growing in our relationship with God it is this thing called discouragement I wonder as you listen today I wonder are you discouraged do you know why you're discouraged what's going on in your life that would cause you to be depressed and and feel dejected I wonder have you lost hope and maybe you don't see anything in your future whatsoever I wonder, what is it that's going on inside of you? What's causing you to be distressed? What's causing you to be discouraged? One of the greatest men of God in the Bible was a guy called David. And he went through some difficult times just like that. You know, we all go through it. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. We all face discouragement. And David was no exception. This great man of God. He went through times of great sorrow and heartache and discouragement. But David had an answer. David discovered how to deal with discouragement. And I pray that that what he discovered will help us to grow and to keep on growing in our relationship with God. And you know, one of the the seasons where we, we find David feeling discouraged and where we find David feeling dejected, he writes about it in in Psalm chapter forty-three. Now you might have heard this Psalm before. Uh, in particular, there's some lines within the Psalm there that, that are very well known. But this is what what David says in Psalm chapter forty-three, and verse one to five. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And he says this: Declare me innocent, O God. Defend me against these ungodly people. Rescue me from these unjust liars, for you are God. My only safe haven. Why have you tossed me aside? Why must I wander around in my grief. Oppressed by my enemies. Send out your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them lead me to your holy mountain. To the place where you live. There I will go to the altar of God. To God the source of all my joy. I will praise you with my harp. O God my God. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my saviour and my God. You know, as I said, the Bible tells us a lot about David's life. And there are great things that God did in and through him, like overcoming that giant called Goliath, you know, and then becoming the king of Israel. But as I've already mentioned, it wasn't all plain sailing for David. David faced his own share of battles and struggles and in Psalm 43 here he's, he's describing one of those low moments where he felt like he was at the end of himself. He felt like there was no future for him. Now Bible commentators say that, that David wrote this psalm at a time when he was being chased by King Saul. And King Saul was David's king. David had served him faithfully, he'd honoured him, He, he served for him, he fought for King Saul. But yet King Saul was chasing him because Saul was jealous of David. He was jealous of him. And you can read about this whole story in 1 Samuel chapter 27 to 2 Samuel chapter 1. But in this moment where David's writing this psalm, a bit of background for this was that David and his, he had two wives. I don't know how he managed with two wives, but David had two wives. And also 600 of uh, of his men, his soldiers, plus their families, they were all on the run. They were fugitives and they were on the run from Saul. And now in this particular moment, they were actually living with their enemy, the Philistines. It's amazing to think that. that These people who David had fought against most of his life, these people who were enemies of the people of Israel, the Philistines, Now David was living among them because he was a fugitive, he was on the run. And in this moment, the Philistines, they were were planning to go to war against Israel, as was often the case, they were always involved in battles. And David, he offers for him and his men to go and fight for his enemies, the Philistines, against his own people, the Israelites. Like I said, David had been loyal to Saul up to this point. But now he was in an awkward position. David was really confused about the whole situation, but you know he still trusted that God would lead him. But he said, you know, now that you've kept me safe, basically, I want, you know, we'll fight for you. We we will help you in this battle. And so the Philistine king, his name was Achish, he he agrees to at first to allow David to fight. However, word soon spreads, and other generals in the Philistine army they hear of how they were Israelites who were going to fight for them. And they weren't too happy about this. You know, they thought that this was a plan of the Israelites, that they might backtrack on their promise, and they might help the other Israelites kill the Philistines. So they weren't happy with David and his men fighting for them. And so King Achish, he, he explains to David that, you know, you, you can't fight in this battle. And David, I'm sure he was pretty relieved of this, that he didn't have to get involved in this situation, but... The Bible tells us that David and his men, they head back to the Philistine town that they had been given by King Achish. This place where they were allowed to stay. It was called Ziklag. And it was about a three day journey from the place where they were fighting the Israelites back to Ziklag. So they had travelled all this way but now they had to go back on this three day journey. And by the time they get back, after travelling all that way, you know, they didn't have planes, they didn't have cars at that time. They would have had to carry all their armour, their weapons. You know, it was a hot country in which they are living in. And by the time they get back to Ziklag, David and his men, they were absolutely exhausted. So not only was it a a failed battle, a failed mission, and they'd wasted all this time and they were exhausted now, but something terrible had happened when they had gone to go and fight against the Israelites. When they had returned, they found the Ziklag had been destroyed and that their families who had stayed in Ziklag, they had been taken by another enemy of the Israelites. And this other enemy of the Israelites, they were called the Amalekites. And they had come whilst David and his men had gone with the Philistines. They had come and raided Ziklag. They had destroyed Ziklag. The Bible tells us the smoke was rising from this place and they had come and they had taken all of David and his men's possessions and all their families, they had taken them. And the Bible tells us that David and his men, they were totally distraught. It says that he he cried so much that he had no tears left for it because his wives and his, uh, and his family and all of his possessions had been taken. And to top it off, you know, this is a bad enough situation anyway. But to top that off, all of his men, these 600 men, they now turned on their leader and they were blaming David. And there was talk going around that they were going to kill David and they were going to stone him to death because it was his fault. He was the one who had led them to go and and live with the with the Philistines. It was all his fault. And if they hadn't gone, then their families would be there and they would ne- never have faced this disappointment. You know, it's fair to say that, that David was heartbroken. We can go even further than that. David was totally discouraged. You know, there's a difference between disappointment and discouragement disappointment is a response to an unmet and failed expectation you know we all face disappointments we get disappointed by situations we get disappointed by circumstances we get disappointed by other people however discouragement is something different discouragement is that loss of hope that feeling of despair and dejection And that's how David was feeling in this situation. You know, disappointments are unavoidable. And disappointments, if we have enough of them, they can lead to discouragement. But we learn, we can learn something from David and how he responds to this feeling of discouragement. What we learn is that if we remain discouraged, that that is our choice. We don't have to remain discouraged. Yes, we can face disappointments, but being discouraged for a, for a period of time, that is a choice. You know, David, in this situation, he could have stayed discouraged. He could have wallowed in that feeling. He could have moaned. He could have grumbled. He could have said, yeah, go and take my life. I, you know, there's no way out for me. However, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, it tells us that David did something that brought him completely out of that discouragement. 1 Samuel 30 verse 6 tells us that David, in this moment, strengthened himself in the Lord. Even though the enemy had tried to discourage him. Even though the enemy had tried to to keep David where he was and keep him feeling this discouragement. The Bible tells us that David found hope in God. And there are three things that David did that you and I can do to overcome discouragement In our lives and to keep going in our relationship with God. And the first thing that David did, it says it there in verse 5. It says that David looked within. The first thing that David did is he looked within. It says there the first two lines of Psalm 43 verse 5. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? You know the easiest thing that we can do is to, to blame other people for the situation we're in. It's easy to point the finger at others and say, it's your fault that I'm feeling discouraged. It's because of this situation that I'm discouraged. However, we must look within to see exactly what it is that's causing us to feel discouraged. That's what David does here. He says, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? He doesn't blame other people. Instead, he looks for an answer within his own life, within his own heart, to see what it is that's causing him to feel this way. And that's what we must do. We must, first of all, if we're going to get out to discouragement, we've got to find out exactly what it is that's discouraging us. You know, we can be sure that our God is an encouraging God, that He doesn't discourage us. Usually it's because of our lack of revelation of who God is, and maybe sometimes it's because we wanted something when maybe it wasn't God's will for our lives. That's when we can get discouraged. But I'd encourage you just to look within and say, what is it that's causing me to be discouraged? Look within. That's the first thing that David did. But then David, he didn't remain there too long. He didn't look within for too long. Once he had found that answer, he knew what it was, obviously. But once he had found that, the Bible tells us he did something else. And the second way and the second thing that David did to overcome discouragement discouragement was he looked up. The Bible tells us that David looked to God. Know today that God is all-powerful. And he is able to get you out of any difficulty or struggle that you are facing right now or even in the days to come. Listen to what it says in Psalm 43 verse 5 again. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? Here it is. I will put my hope in God. You know our God can save you from your sin. He can save us from the pit that we find ourselves in. He can save us from the enemies that surround us. That is the power of our God. There is nothing too difficult for him. The Bible says that if God is for us, who can be against us? The Bible tells us that no weapon that comes against us shall prosper. I love what, what the psalmists say on as they head on the pilgrim to, to Jerusalem. This is what they say in Psalm 121. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleep. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. Even there we see that the psalmists, as they would head on this pilgrim journey to Jerusalem, it would have been a dangerous journey. They would have faced, you know, many wild animals, things coming against them. But even these guys, they said, look, our hope is in God. We look up to God for our help. And that's what David did. David looked to the Lord for for help. And I want to encourage you, if you're feeling discouraged today, if you've been in a season of discouragement, then you're not going to get out of it in your own strength or with your own abilities or you're not going to think your way out of it or or don't just wait for the circumstances to change. But I'd encourage you to look to God for God can help. He is our refuge. He is our strength. He is our help. He is our saviour. Look to Jesus for he will help you and get you out. So that's the second thing that David did. He looked up. And then finally, the third thing that David did to get out to this discouragement, to overcome discouragement, is that David began to look forward. The enemy wants you to stay where you are and not to progress and step into all that God has for you. That's what the enemy wants to do. That's why he discourages you. Is because if he knows he can discourage you, you're going to remain where you are and you're not going to keep believing God, you're not going to seek God, you're not going to step forward into all that God has for you. That's what the enemy wants to do in our lives. But we find here that that David, he strengthens himself in the Lord. He looks up to God. He looks within. First of all, he looks up to God. But then he begins to look forward and his faith and his hope is renewed. And he begins to move forward. Listen to what it says again in Psalm 43 verse 5. He says, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. Here it is, I will praise him again, my saviour and my God. David says, this isn't the end for me. I'm gonna praise my God again because he's gonna bring me through. He has brought me through. I've got the victory in God. I will praise him again. My situation isn't gonna dictate how I'm feeling any longer. I'm not gonna wallow anymore, but I'm gonna put my hope in God and I'm gonna move forward and I'm gonna praise him again. I know that's what David did. He didn't stay where he was, even though he had all these threats from the enemies and from even his he had these threats from his own soldiers about killing him david didn't remain where he was he encouraged himself strengthened himself in the lord the bible tells us he sought god on on what he should do and then after hearing the word a word from the lord he goes and chases after the amalekites with with his 600 men and the bible tells us that he defeats the amalekites And not only does he bring back everything, all his possession, all the families, they were all back safe. But also the Bible tells us that he takes all of the enemy's possessions as well. You know, I believe that God is a God who not only gives us what we have lost, what the enemy has taken, but he's a God who blesses us even more abundantly. He is a God who restores the years that the locusts have eaten. He's the God who is able to multiply that which you might have lost over many, many years. And then even further than that, then we see the Saul is killed as a result of this battle with the Philistines. And then this, this moment which happened early on in David's life where he was anointed. that uh, One day he'd be king of Israel. We see that it finally comes to pass. David becomes king of Israel. I believe that, that the Lord wants to encourage someone listening to this today. That there is more for you. God has more for you. While there is still breath in your lungs, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And I want to encourage you to keep moving forward. Step into all that God has for you because there is more. As we come to a conclusion today, the second enemy of the altar, the second thing that the enemy wants to do to stop us from growing in our relationship with Jesus is discouragement. That is the second enemy of the altar You know, the enemy wants you to become bitter. He wants you to become offended. He wants you to hate and blame God and and everyone else because of the situation you're in. He wants you to remain stagnant. But I believe the Lord wants to encourage you today to keep moving forward into all that he has for you. I love this quote from Brian Houston, the senior pastor of Hillsong Church. He says this, he says, within the soil of a discouraging season, can often be found the seeds of incredible blessing, miracles and breakthrough. I want to encourage you today. Allow this discouragement, this season of discouragement uh, discouragement, to turn into your proving ground. May this be a place where you say, I'm going to put my hope in God. I will praise him again. And I just want to end by reading probably one of the most well-known Bible verses of all time. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 and it says this for i know the plans i have for you says the lord they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope if you are feeling discouraged today i want to encourage you look within what is it that's causing you to feel discouraged but don't look within for too long begin to look up for god is able to help you he is your strength he will bring you through it And then begin to look forward into all that God has for you. He's given you a hope. He's got a future for you. That is hope in God. So I pray today that you would be encouraged. And keep growing in your relationship with Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one. Make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us go to gatewaychurchcamry.co.uk have a great day